This is a legacy episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast, originally released as part of the Lesbian Talk Show podcast group. Some references may be obsolete. The show looks at lesbian-relevant themes in history and literature, has interviews and discussions about current historical fiction with queer female characters, including fantastic versions of the past, and presents new original historical fiction for your enjoyment. Welcome to the new expanded schedule and format for the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast. Starting this month, the podcast will air weekly on Saturdays with a rotating series of features. But don't worry, the historic essays that have been the heart of the podcast up to this point will still be the main event. The first week of every month, we'll start with an episode I'm calling On the Shelf. It includes a roundup of what the Lesbian Historic Motif Project blog has been covering recently, as well as what publications we're planning to cover in the near future, plus a brief sketch of what you can expect from the podcast for the rest of the month. And I'm adding a feature I call Ask Sappho for reader questions and feedback, so start thinking about questions about lesbian history you've always wanted to ask. The second week of each month, we'll have an interview with an author who writes historically-based fiction featuring lesbians or bi women. This can include historic fantasy, as long as it's rooted in an actual historic period. The same author is invited back in the third week to provide an appreciation of one or more historic stories by other authors that they've particularly enjoyed. And then the fourth week is our usual in-depth historic essay. And if there's a fifth Saturday in the month, we'll have some sort of special feature. So are you ready for the August on the Shelf episode? The Lesbian Historic Motif Project blog has spent July doing a feature on Catalina de Erasso, a 17th century Basque woman who ran away from the convent and lived as a man to go adventuring in the Spanish colonies of the New World. Last week's podcast provided a summary of her life and excerpts from her memoirs. The blog covered an English translation of those memoirs by Michelle Steptoe and Gabriel Steptoe, a study by historian Sherry Velasco of how Catalina has been turned into a fictional character in popular media, starting during her own lifetime and continuing up through the present day. Her story has been featured in plays and novels, in sensational news tabloids, and in the 20th century in several movies and graphic novels. Sherry Velasco is also the author of a book that fills out the rest of July and will continue on through August. This book is titled Lesbians in Early Modern Spain and looks at a wide variety of types of evidence for romantic and erotic relationships between women in the 16th and 17th centuries. There are chapters covering medical theories, prosecution records, religious institutions, literary images, and more. As always, the blog posts for the Lesbian Historic Motif Project can be found at alpenia.com or follow the link in the show notes. You can read the blog on the website or subscribe to the RSS feed. This month's author interview will be with Catherine Lundoff, who writes a wide variety of queer science fiction, fantasy, and historical stories. She will also be our book appreciation guest this month. The August essay feature at the end of the month is a topic that may be a bit controversial. The title is Begins, Boston Marriages, and Bed Death, Historic Archetypes of Asexual Lesbianism. So look forward to learning more about that at the end of the month. And now, let's move on to the Ask Sappho feature. Our inaugural question comes from Sheena, our fearless leader here at the Lesbian Talk Show. She asks, I would like a breakdown of when it became illegal and legal to be lesbian. What I am finding interesting is that it wasn't always a big taboo. What changed? Now, this is a complicated question. I suspect that half my answers to the Ask Sappho questions are going to start that way. 
You'll often find claims in English language works on the history of lesbians that, unlike for male homosexuals, lesbianism was never technically illegal. But usually the statement is made in a context that assumes we're talking about English history, and even in that context, the answer is complicated. In the first place, it's kind of difficult to have a law that says it's illegal to be a lesbian. All the laws that we're going to talk about are targeting some sort of action. But the actions they focused on don't necessarily line up with our idea of what it means to be a lesbian. What we're dealing with is a patchwork in time and space affecting specific acts and behaviors that differed not only across cultures, but depending on the personal context of the individuals involved. For example, take the question of specific sex acts. There were a number of times and places in European history when it was illegal to engage in what was classified as, quote, female sodomy, unquote. That is, sodomy committed between two women. Frequently, conviction called for the death penalty, although even that might be reduced due to mitigating factors. But legal experts varied greatly over exactly what constituted female sodomy. Some held the opinion that it was any sort of genital stimulation engaged in between women. A more narrow view held that only penetrative sex could be called sodomy. So often, a woman's life might depend on whether she'd used a dildo or not, regardless of what else she got up to. A comprehensive look at laws covering lesbian sex acts in pre-modern Europe can be found in an article by historian Louis Crompton titled The Myth of Lesbian Impunity, Capital Laws from 1270 to 1791. I'll have a link in the show notes to my summary of this and any of the other articles I mention. Sex acts that didn't fall under secular law codes might still be punished with religious penance if a woman confessed to them. Since pretty much any sexual activity that wasn't uh, penis and vagina sex in the context of marriage has been considered a sin at some point, these penalties weren't really targeting lesbians as such, so it isn't clear whether they count under the terms of the question. To a large extent, the legal offense wasn't that a woman loved a woman, but that a woman was usurping the privileges of a man, including the use of a penis. For the same reason, for a woman to pass as a man in order to have a romantic or sexual relationship with a woman was considered a much greater offense than if both partners presented themselves as women. Again, the crime isn't being a lesbian. The crime is daring to try to be a man. I'm here sidestepping the very complicated question of whether it's possible to distinguish between a woman passing as a man and a trans man in pre-modern cultures. That is another entire topic, and maybe someday I will have the guts to tackle it. Even in cultures where female sodomy wasn't in the law books, the law often pursued passing women, who, that is, women passing as men, who entered into same-sex domestic partnerships, or even marriages, as a type of fraud. Sometimes the question of fraud was raised because the femme partner claimed not to have known their partner was a woman. But there are cases in England of passing women being tried for fraud in same-sex marriages, even when their partner didn't bring a complaint. Regardless of sexual orientation, there have sometimes been laws against wearing clothing associated with the other gender. This is one type of law used against lesbians in 20th century America. In pre-modern times in Europe, prohibitions against cross-dressing were more often enforced by social pressure than by law, although in times and places when religious authorities carried significant legal weight, the biblical prohibitions against wearing garments belonging to the opposite sex were often cited and enforced. So let's take a look at some specific examples of what women might be tried for in a court of law and what the results of those trials were. In 1477 in Germany, a woman named Katharina Hetzeldorfer was tried, convicted, 
and executed for having sex with several women while disguised as a man and using an artificial penis. Katerina pretty much hit the trifecta in terms of offense, cross-dressing, performing penetrative sex, and apparently concealing her biological sex from at least some of her partners. As a strong contrast in circumstances, less than half a century later, another German woman named Greta von Moskirch was investigated for loving other women, although it's unclear exactly what physical acts may have been involved. And she appears to have received no penalty at all, but in this case there was no cross-dressing and no artificial instrument involved. In 1295, in Italy, a woman named Bertolina was accused in court of having, or at least boasting of having had, sex with women using an artificial penis. But there was a complicating factor in that she was also accused of practicing magic, both to secure lovers for herself and for the purpose of fortune-telling. But this wasn't a criminal case. Rather, it was brought before the court as a civil accusation by a personal enemy of Bertolina. The outcome was that she was fined although a parallel accusation of sodomy against a man would likely have resulted in the death penalty. Note, note that in this case, there was no gender disguise involved. In England, the motif of same-sex marriage where one partner was presenting as a man was so well fixed as a concept that it even had its own name, that is, the, the case of a female husband. There are any number of law cases when female husbands were unmasked, but the nature of the charge was either fraud, that is, they were deceiving their spouse about their gender, generally with the implication of monetary gain, or the charge might somewhat confusingly be bigamy in the event that the female husband had previously been married to a man. I say confusingly because the charge of bigamy indicates that the marriage between the two women was in some way considered valid, otherwise the question of bigamy wouldn't apply. One of my previous podcasts talked about a marriage and lawsuit of this type between two English women in the 17th century. Jumping around considerably up to the 19th century America, in 1857, a woman was arrested in San Francisco for cross-dressing as a man, but she successfully challenged that charge on the basis that there was no law against what she had done. The political authorities decided that this lack of a law clearly needed to be remedied, and they created that law. So in 1863, there was a law in San Francisco against appearing in a public place, quote, in a dress not belonging to his or her sex, unquote. And that San Francisco law was not removed from the books until 1974. So the big take-home lesson regarding the law and lesbianism is that there is no clear progression or dividing line between legal and illegal. The question of whether you could be charged, arrested, convicted, and punished, including everything up to execution for lesbian activities, depended on where, when, and who you were, and exactly how your sexuality was being expressed. Conditions swung back and forth, from harsh penalties to benign neglect, to carefully targeted gender policing, to a head-in-the-sand attitude of not wanting to admit that women might do something like that, to a determination that the law could find something to punish if it was bound and determined to do so. If you have a question about lesbians in history, or a comment on one of these episodes, you can either email me at the address in the show notes, or on my website at, at alpenia.com, or you can bring it to my attention in the Lesbian Talk Show chat group on Facebook. I'm also interested in suggestions of more authors to interview. I'm particularly interested in people writing in eras earlier than the 20th century and cultures outside of America and England, and I'd love suggestions of authors of color to invite onto the show. Please send interview suggestions to me by email. So this finishes up our first On the Shelf episode. I hope you like the show's new format. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast. See the show notes for links to people and topics. Most shows will have a transcript linked as well. If you have a book announcement, a topic suggestion, or might like to appear on the show, please drop me an email. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and consider supporting our Patreon.